And thank you for joining me, ADHD Girl, on this podcast special titled The Medication Crisis. As those of you in the ADHD community will know, there is a global shortage of ADHD medication, causing national havoc to the daily lives of those with ADHD and those around them. This podcast episode is giving you all the information you need to know about what's happening and why. Now, at the beginning of October, parents of children with ADHD on medication and adults with ADHD on medication all received text and email alerts telling them that there is a shortage of licensed medications used to treat ADHD. These include Equazine, Exocatin, Concetta, Exodonate, Elevance and Inchiniv. The NHS says they are hoping the shortages will be rectified at some point between October and December but that's not looking like it might be the case. Lots of people across different areas are still being affected. The current advice is that if you can't get hold of your usual prescribed medication, then to check different local pharmacies as they usually use different suppliers. However, if you still can't get hold of the correct medication, then the advice is to go back to the GP and see if they can offer an alternative. I spoke to one parent whose daughter had her ADHD medication switched due to the shortage, and it's just not working very well, which is obviously having very frustrating consequences. Okay, so joining me now on the podcast, we have a parent. Welcome, Carol. Would you like to tell us about your experience and your child's experience? Both of my children have ADHD. So they're both on the same medication, Concerta XL. When my daughter was going on to Concerta XL from Equasium, they tried her on a medication called Matteride. Now, the reason I say this is because my son was tried on Matteride for a time because I was being told that the two medications were identical. And when we tried my son on Matteride, he had quite adverse effects to it they put him back on the medication that we wanted him on that worked really well. So obviously when we came to my daughter and they tried to move her onto Matteride, I did have reservations, but we did try her on Matteride. So this was way back when she was 12 and they moved her from one medication to the other. They're saying they can't get the other drug. Her effects weren't as adverse as my son's. We didn't give it time. We obviously at that time were like, no, this isn't working. You need to change it in good faith we went right okay let's try this so we were going to routinely ask for the next medication if there was any way that we could have concerta Mm -hmm. excel we had had a call from a lady who from the prescription at the the cdc center and she said obviously you've put in this request i know that they are doing some concerta excel at this pharmacist in Warrington. Mm-hmm. We checked our pharmacist and they had one box. We need two boxes of it for a month. Mm-hmm. So we went to the other pharmacist and they said, yes, we've got three boxes. Wow. So we went back to the CDC and they said, yeah, that's fine. We'll do that. I went at the end of work to pick it up and it hadn't gone through. The doctor hadn't written it up that day. So when we went, it had not been sent. It had been sent to a different pharmacist and the changed medication, the Matteride, had been sent, so it wasn't even... So it wasn't even like an easy process, it was like a very complicated process when you're already panicking. She's not well either, 
the week before on the Saturday, we had taken her off her Matarai to just see how she was, just get her a day of eating. Yeah. And yeah, she was absolutely awful. So that Saturday was like, oh my goodness, something's going on here that's not quite right. You know, her, her eyes were red, she was bloodshot. Well, anyway, we carried on with the Matarai. By the time I got to Saturday again, the day that we were going to pick up the medication, thinking it's all going to be okay, we took her off her medication and she had really nasty chest infection. She wow. had an ear infection. Wow. I had to take her to the doctor. That day she passed out in front of the doctors. Wow. I'm not saying that any of this is due to the medication. Mm -hmm. but when you, when you're unwell anyway and you, there's issues with the medication, yeah. obviously that's going to have an impact, whether it's just the fact that your body's not used to the constant changing around of things. Yeah, and the medication, I looked into a little bit because I didn't know what to do because it's the weekend. We thought we'd have the concerta back. We didn't. She's not well. She's really run down. Is it because she's on this medication change and her body's not agreeing with it? Do we now keep her off that medication? Uh -huh. We can't go to And this anybody. is the difficult choice you're having to make as a parent or because of this shortage. Thankfully, the pharmacist had kept as the two boxes wow, that's so really at good. the minute she's a week down nearly a week down of her four weeks and we oh. don't know where we're going to get the next month's medication from but that's it and it's right before christmas as well yeah. and it's like wow this is going to be fun difficult one isn't it uh, mm -hmm. fortunately for both of them the concerta excel works and it works extremely well for my son we tried him on all sorts of other ones and he had some really nasty side effects with other things that's the frustration as well for you because you've already been through the right let's try all these different medications we know that one doesn't work that one works that doesn't work that you know this one works and you know by this point that your children respond really well to this drug and all of a sudden you're being told oh hold on a minute you know we might not be able to get yeah. hold of it with our son we did go through something very similar mm -hmm. where we had to find the right drug and they were trying all sorts and in the end because mm -hmm. he was very poorly <laughs> they just relented and went okay it's all good to excel and they put him back on that because we were having a very difficult season with him so when we obviously come to that same drug and they try to take our daughter off it or say she can't go on it I was like no 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 hopefully the situation will be resolved soon or you'll be able to get hold of some further medication but thank you so much for um, joining me today Carol and sharing your story with us no worries thank you for having me Now, the NHS don't shy away from the fact that this period may present some difficult challenges for those with ADHD and those who support them. But the question is, are the government doing enough at this time to rectify the issue? I wrote to my local MP about raising the issue in Parliament and was delighted to discover that she'd already done so about a week before, due to numerous other correspondence she had received on the issue. She received this response letter from the government. Dear Charlotte, thank you for your correspondence of the 27th of September on behalf of your constituent, name redacted, about the supply of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder medication. Please accept my sincere apologies for the delay in replying. I was sorry to read of the difficulties that name redacted has experienced when attempting to source their child's ADHD medication. Medicine supply problems may be caused by several factors, including manufacturing difficulties, regulatory problems, problems with the supply of raw materials and issues related to distribution of the product. 
As the manufacture of medicines is complex and highly regulated, and materials and processes must meet rigorous safety and quality standards, difficulties can arise for various reasons. There is a team in the department that deals specifically with medicine supply problems arising, both in the community and in hospitals. It has well-established procedures to deal with medicine shortages, whatever the cause, and works closely with the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, the pharmaceutical industry, NHS England and others operating in the supply chain to help prevent shortages and to ensure that the risks to patients are minimised when shortages do arise. We are aware of supply issues affecting medicines used for the management of ADHD. We have issued communications in the form of a National Patient Safety Alert to the NHS to advise healthcare professionals on the management of patients during this time. We continue to work closely with the manufacturers to resolve the issue as soon as possible and to ensure patients have continuous access to ADHD medicines in the UK. Supply disruptions affecting various ADHD products are now resolved and we anticipate the supply of the remaining medicines to resolve between now and December. We know how distressing the possibility of shortages can be, but we will continue to work closely with all our partners to address the shortage of ADHD medications as quickly as possible. If any patient is concerned about their treatment, they should discuss this with their clinician at the earliest opportunity. Yours sincerely, Will Quince, MP, Minister of State. Now that letter was dated the 3rd of November. Yet here we are and the crisis still rages on. So what exactly has been resolved and why is it taking so long for this to reach local pharmacists or chemists? What are the experts who are working in the field saying about this issue? Because it is a very complex situation and you can understand the frustration coming from parents and adults who are being very much affected by the shortage but are still struggling to understand what's going on or when things will improve. To find out a bit more information, I spoke to a local pharmacist to discuss what she's been seeing in terms of the shortage right on the front line. Okay, so I'm here with somebody who works at a pharmacy who's going to just share their perspective of what they're seeing on a daily basis in terms of the medication shortage. So at any given point, there are hundreds of medications that are out of stock. These range from anything between eye drops, painkillers, anything you could think of. And there are shortages for many different reasons. For instance, Gaviscon went out of stock once for 11 months because they were changing the colour of the label. Wow. So they have to stop manufacturing something whilst they're changing the packaging. It could be anything like that. What's different about this case is... It's all strengths of all brands globally. Mm -hmm. So if somebody was on 50 milligrams of something, we could potentially change the prescription and get them to take two tablets yeah. of 25 yeah. milligrams. Which would be the logical kind of thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we did at first. And then we were finding that all strengths were going wow. out. Yeah. So then we were getting doctors to switch patients' brands. Mm -hmm. And then those brands were going out because mm -hmm. the, the demand was changing from what they used oh. to. Through looking into it, we're realistically probably looking at mid-Jan before wow. these medications, all of them as mm -hmm. a whole, come fully back into stock. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is one of the most, people could live without certain types of eye drops. It's, it's, mm -hmm, it's important to that person. You can't, you know, if they ha they're in a lot of pain with their eyes, it's important to that person, but it's not life or death. In situations like this, what we're seeing at the moment with people mm -hmm. who are 
they've just come out of two years of missing school with COVID mm -hmm. and now they're missing school for six months because they're not being able to focus properly. Mm -hmm. It's It's been exam season. It's of been course. lots of different things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's more just about the individuals and the difficulty of having to look somebody in the face and saying, I can't help you. Yeah, which is, is basically what your job is all about, really, yeah. isn't it? And yeah, that's, yeah. And, and like I said, we do try. We change. We try to change mm. the strengths. We try to change the brands. Mm. We would... So you're basically doing everything you possibly can. Yeah, and we were driving the doctors on this point because the doctors don't see stocking issues until we start telling them. So, you know, there was a month or so where daily we were on the phone to all GPs who bring the prescriptions to this pharmacy which obviously you can imagine is quite a few different mm. surgeries. And then obviously trying to explain the situation to them. Also, because a lot of these drugs are controlled drugs, it's not as easy as just no. swapping over no. from one to the other. It has they, they have to go through a chat with the patient. And then if the patient is a child, it gets even more difficult. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of, even though it's such a national mm -hmm. problem, not a lot of people actually know much about the medication side yeah, of it. Of it's just given. But yeah, so that's been the hardest part, just mm -hmm. having to tell people, look, I can't, I can't help you. And I'm guessing, are you on the end of some frustration from us, or do they understand that it's not necessarily your fault? I must say, fault? a lot of people have been very understanding. I, you know, I, I get more trouble if we've run out of a painkiller. Right, okay. Than I have much. done in this scenario, yeah. which shocked me a lot. Right. But even the adult patients who are taking the medication themselves, mm -hmm. even they have seemed to be very, very understanding. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what it is about this particular shortage that has caused. Yeah, so patients, they, they have been quite nice about it and very understanding, which obviously is great. We, we're expecting mm -hmm. people to be frustrated and we are making allowances for that. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it's one of those things we've exhausted every option of trying to help mm -hmm. people now. They're struggling with it in America as well. Yes, and yeah, I know it's a global it's issue. It's a global it? issue. And then the problem with us is because we don't have private health care, America are selling this medication to people yeah, so for a lot of money. Ah, that's so it's it's because it's on the NHS, it makes it more yeah, difficult. So it makes it more difficult. Right. When the manufacturers create this medication, and they want to sell it to people because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Somebody's selling it to course, the NHS. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether we get it for free. The NHS is still buying mm -hmm. it. They're going to sell it to people who are paying a higher price for it first. Of course, yeah. Now, so that person, politics it, comes into it a lot, It does, it? it really does. And, you know, that probably isn't going to make a real, a real impact. You know, the impact may be 24 hours. Mm -hmm. It's probably not going to be something that anybody talks about or sees. Mm -hmm. But it does also still make a problem as well because England is so small too. Of course, so they don't need to order as much As of it. much, yeah. which means that, you know, they've, they've only got so much. And what normally happens after something like this is you get allocated a percentage of stock. So yeah. rather than somebody being able to order everything mm -hmm. and then people like us getting left behind, yeah. they will allocate, let's say, 50 boxes to yeah. everybody. And that 50 boxes mm. may not fulfill all of our owings. Exactly. So then we have to prioritise people. And that's very, very difficult of to do. Of course it is when everyone's got the same kind of when thing. When everyone's <laughs> got the same problem, you know, and... I understand it must be very difficult, like you said, Christmas Day with no medication and a, <laughs> and a five-year-old, but there are 60,000 other mm. five-year-olds. Exactly. Everyone's in the same Everyone's boat, but they're the both sinking. Boat. Yes. <laughs> and then it's, you know, it's, it's a Titanic situation. Exactly. You know, who's going to be Jack? Yeah. <laughs> who's going to die? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, so it is. It's just one of those things. And there's, there's the like I said, the hard part mm. is not being able to do anything yeah, about it. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, thank you so much. No it's, it's great to get a perspective from someone from, like yourself in terms of what's actually going on on yeah. the kind of face of it. Thank you very much for your time. No worries.
Well, there you have it, folks. I'm really hoping the situation will be resolved sooner than mid-January. But the pharmacists or chemists are probably the best people in the know that we have access to. Now, I spoke to another parent whose child, due to their needs, has to have the ADHD medication in liquid form. She tells of her experience of fighting to find out the correct information and also trying to ensure her daughter still gets access to the medication. Joining me today on the podcast, I have a parent who's been greatly affected by the ADHD medication shortage. Welcome to the podcast, Maxine. Do you want to tell us a little bit of information about yourself? Hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Maxine. I'm a mum to three children, all got different needs. My eldest daughter is 14. She's not actually diagnosed with autism. She kind of masks at school and she manages fine in school. My middle daughter is nine and she's very severely autistic and ADHD. She's on medication and she uh, goes to a special school. She's nonverbal. All care needs and everything have to be taken care for her. My youngest son is five. He is on the spectrum. He's on the pathways for a diagnose of autism and ADHD. Again, he presents different needs, uh, social settings. He's absolutely fine, but it's school. has a lot of problems with his anger and a lot of frustration. A lot of people don't understand that it's not just the person with ADHD, it's the people who live with them and the people around them, because it is, it's emotionally exhausting. It's the lack of respect, really, because mm. a parent like myself, we have gone through hell and back, you know, looking for ADHD meds. It isn't a magic cure. For my daughter personally, because she's on liquid medication mm -hmm. and it's about £90 a bottle, this medication, wow. and the fight we had to get her on it. At what point um, did you become aware that there was a shortage of ADHD medication? So roughly about a month ago, they're saying you can get your child, get them to do a puzzle or get them to exercise but they're talking as if they're in a normal child who hasn't got any disabilities. Mm. And that's not the case. A lot of schools expect children to perform. Can I just advise parents? What I suggest is when you go to the chemist, check which supplier they're getting the medication right. from. So not all of them have been affected. Now, they're not going to tell you that, but you need to no. do that. Well, that's yourself. really good advice. Thank um, you. I think one of the biggest issues, with, especially with child ADHD, those who are in school who have ADHD, medication yeah. seems to be the be-all and end-all. I feel personally it's not based on your child's needs. It, mm. What's the cheapest option? And unfortunately, yeah. you have to go to hell and back yeah. to get so, that medication so for the child. Yeah, political yeah. side now, aren't we, really? Unfortunately, uh, whether we like it or not, something like ADHD, mm -hmm. politics does come into it a lot because it affects yeah. everything in life. It affects education, the kind of education a child with ADHD will receive, the kind of medication, how that medication is got into the country how much it's going to cost, yeah. what they're going to prescribe you. So yeah. on top of all that, now we've got this shortage. And like you touched upon, the, the lack of communication in terms of what medication's affected, yeah. what you can do if your child is affected. I, mean, I had a friend who got a letter, you know, saying, oh, there's now a national medication shortage for her child who's got ADHD. And there was no kind of alternate. There was just like, get in touch with your GP if you're concerned uh, there was no yeah. kind of like check with your pharmacy, you know, the kind of information you're giving. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just yeah. creates mass panic because 
as a as a parent of a child or children with ADHD mm-hmm. yourself, you understand the massive impact it will have if you cannot yeah. get hold of that medication. Professionals, okay, there's a lot of really good ones that are doing the best yeah. what they can for your children, but again, they go home at the end of the day. We're dealing with that day in, day out. But also, that it's the impact, isn't it, of trying to fight for the very best for your child, knowing what they need, because nobody yeah. knows their child better than the parent. Of course, and, yeah. And then being told by these so-called professionals, no, your child doesn't have that, or no, your child can't have that. Of course, it's going to impact on your mental health, because you know what they need, you know what they've got, and you're yeah. being, you've been given a barrier yeah. by somebody else who doesn't have to live with your yeah. child on a regular basis. Exactly. Our, our jobs are hard enough as it is, mm. and then when you get things like this, it makes our lives even harder to deal with. We're doing the best we can. School holidays come up. There's hardly anything available to children with special needs. What are schools or places or the public doing to make their lives It's got to be easier? a mix of both, hasn't it? It's got to be a mix it, of, okay, of what can we do to help ourselves or what can, you know... The- yeah people do to help themselves but also what can society do to help them there's got to be that balance it can't just all be on the person to mask or to fit in because yes. that that's just too exhausting for one person to carry it just becomes yeah like you know the problem lies with you well actually adhd doesn't have to necessarily be a no. problem it's no. all about the support received for it there's so many different levels of autism there's so many levels of adhd and unfortunately we're still in a society where oh this is adhd this is autism what makes you angry is when you do see it displayed on the telly a lot of it is the high functioning side of it of autism adhd they don't this show that they're very severe and no. i used to be quite anti-medication and um, growing up because i yeah. i was on medication when i was younger for adhd right. i was on ritalin in its purest form back yes. in the day and um, when i was yeah. 10 and i was on that for seven years and i hated the way it made me feel yeah i was very self-aware yeah. as a child and i knew that this tablet devoided me of my bubbly personality I wasn't creative it it numbed me but now I'm of the same mind that yes medication does work for some it works for a lot of people yeah like you said there are some children who absolutely need it who can't function without it but we also should be opening up other access to support it has a huge impact on siblings family members just just life in general there's a support group called families united and they are amazing because they do like different day trips and loads of different things and everybody is is catered for just in closing what would you say needs to change moving forward do you think there needs to be like a mass cultural shift in terms of acceptance of what adhd is and what it's not do you think that there needs to be more communication in terms of the medication or do you think the send system needs reform or do you think everything everything comes down to money unfortunately Mm -hmm. so unless there's more money put into children with disabilities Mm -hmm. i think until the government invest in the situation of what's needed, then I think we're going to be struggling for quite a while. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining me on today's podcast. Okay, thank you very much. Good luck, everybody out there. Well, let's hope this crisis ends as soon as possible, but it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel for all those still struggling to access their usual ADHD medication. One thing for sure is that with approximately 3% of the UK having ADHD, which accounts for over 2 million of us, by the way, 
If this situation isn't resolved soon, it's going to have massive repercussions for the whole of society. I'm ADHD Girl and thank you for joining me for this medication shortage special. Remember you can keep up to date with all the latest on the medication shortage on the Medication Watch part of our website at ADHDandMe.org.